0: everybody good good thank you lord well uh where's becky at where she go? we're gonna sing uh we're gonna sing a song this morning and but i can't sing it without her so but it's an old gospel song it's called he touched me and uh y'all remember that song he touched me made me whole well the lord wants to touch people this morning amen he really does and uh I woke up with that song in my heart, and I know when the Lord, when you wake up with a song in your heart, it's 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 heaven that has sent the song. Okay, and all of us need a touch. People, I've heard people say, "Oh, I need more than a touch from the Lord." I promise you, if God Himself put His hand on you, just touched you for a second, you you would explode. <laughs> Amen. So I think what we're gonna do is I'll share some and. Uh, then we'll do a touch from the Lord. How about that? Just let the Lord touch us. But I, I'm gonna let me read these scriptures to make this an official message. Okay? And I'm not really... I really want to... this. I want to just talk to you really more than... I don't want to try to give a teaching or, or a preaching. But whatever it, whatever it comes out. I don't really... I feel like I want to just share some things I believe that God's saying to me uh, about us. Okay? And But I do... You know, you have to ever... We want to frame our world okay with the word of god that's the dna of our world if and apart from from that we don't really have a world uh, hebrews 1 or hebrews 11 one says that but let me read matthew 16 i'm going to read uh verse 13 and a few more verses this is everybody knows this that's why we don't need to do a teaching on if you don't happen to know it, we'll ask me later in our case there's a lot of good stuff in this but I mean, every word means something. Every word has some significance. And there's some re- really hidden revelation in this. But it says, When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He was asking His disciples. Now, that's important. God wants to ask questions. Okay? And whenever God... You know, we've heard this. And, but it's the truth. Whenever God's asking a, you a question, He's not looking for you for you to give Him some information. He's trying to reveal some information to you. And so... I believe we're in a time where God is asking questions. I don't know about you, but God has has reminded me and has asked me some questions recently. And he's reminded me of some, a significant question he asked me a few years ago. Uh, he was asking us that, and then he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Uh, and that's the most significant question that we will ever hear from God, is uh, who do you say... I am. Who do people say that I am? Who is this? I mean, this is, in fact, that's the title of my message is, Who is this? Uh, It comes from another song. uh, But we'll get to that in a minute. Y'all know who is this. We've sang that one. You know, who is this that comes like the dawn? Becky, you're not helping me. Appears like the dawn. Okay. And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? So, you know, there's a legitimate question about what people say, who the Lord is, and there's a, another more legitimate question about who the Lord, who do you say the Lord is. There I go, trying to give teaching, okay? <laughs> this can't happen. Uh, and Jesus said, uh, no, And Peter, Simon Peter answered, You're Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. My Father is who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, of Hades, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Uh, and we'll just stop right there for a moment. So, so let me just now switch into the talk, and you see a sequence of things happened there. Okay, there was a sequence of things that happened there, and that. And God wants to take us through that sequence. I have been through that sequence. And if you have been around me long, you have been through that sequence. Okay? I want to try to take you back in time. And some of you can't go back there in time with me because you weren't here. Uh, but how many weren't here were in this church in 2002, 2003? Raise your hand. Well, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Everybody else, you just have to get an image in your mind. Okay? But this is what happened to me in 2003. Okay? The Lord asked me a question. One Sunday morning, we were in church worshiping the Lord in here, in this room, and, and it was good. You know, it was a good time. It was a good moment. It, it wasn't like, oh, nobody wanted to worship the Lord. It wasn't like there was deadness in the room. You know, it's none of that kind of stuff you hate in church. At least I hate. You know, I hate all that. Like, I didn't come to church for deadness. I come to church for life. You know, I mean? if I can't find life in the church, Lord, what in the world? Do something to us. So, but it was, it, was a, it was a good time. The Lord was doing things. But the Lord asked me this question. You know this question, y'all, who raised your hand, because I've, I've talked about this many times. Uh, and I will probably talk about it the rest of my life because it was a significant question. I, looked, I was looking around the room, and the Lord said, is, is this what is in your heart? That's the question. What is in your heart? Is this, in other words, this expression of church, is that what is really in your heart, Byron? And the answer, the truth is... The truthful answer was this, no, Lord, it's not. In other words, what I was seeing out here wasn't really what God had put in me. All right? Okay? Somebody has to, somebody has to see something in here, in their life. In, in whatever you're doing in ministry, in your life, your personal life, your home, you've got to see it in here, and then you can put it out there. Okay? You can create it once you begin to see it. But what i was seeing in me was not matching up what i was seeing outside me. that's a contradiction okay that was a contradiction in my life really when i look back on it but uh so the lord told me you know why don't you find out what was in your heart and do that well you know i was just sort of a slow learner i was sort of dumb still am i'm a slow learner when it comes when god speaks to me i said lord i, I have gotten so far away from living from my heart why don't you just slap drop something in my heart You can pretend I found it, I'll pretend I found it, and we'll just do that, you know, just make it easy, because I don't really know what's in there anymore, not really. But the Lord didn't accept that. In fact, He just ignored me at that moment. He wasn't even talking no more. He was done with my stupid stuff. But, uh, so that started me on this journey, okay, with the Lord. It started me on this journey, and I'll tell you, it was a treacherous journey for me personally, because when you begin to see something different than what's really happening and then you begin to try to communicate that to people, they have questions. Okay? And they have qu- legitimate questions but you don't have legitimate answers always. Okay? And I'll never forget this. I'll just tell you this one little thing. I'll never forget it. Talking to our elders and leadership about things I felt like I wanted to change and they were asking me all these questions and I couldn't answer all the questions so I started making up answers. <laughs> that's just stupid of me I'm going to make up an answer because I don't have an answer you know you're the leader come on we're, you, if, we, if, if we're going to follow you we need to know where you're going with this thing so I made up some stuff and, uh, and I didn't even believe what I was saying you know it was like why am I saying this and uh, one of them called me Byron he called me the next morning Byron you were being defensive in that meeting last night that's what he said to me I said yeah I know he said you didn't have to be it's just okay not to have the answer it's okay. You don't have to have all the answers. You're not supposed to have all the answers. In fact, you're not going to have all the answers. And what I learned through that process is, you know, when God begins to speak to you, He doesn't give, give you the whole picture. He gives you a little piece. And there's many pieces of that puzzle missing. He may just give you, you know, here's a little outline. Here's a little piece in the middle. You know, and I'll give you other pieces as you go. And and you have to be willing to accept that. And you have to be willing. to, You know, you really need to you need to see those other pieces. If you're not seeing them. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, imagine in your mind you're going down the interstate highway. We, I, I was on the interstate highway all weekend. I drove up to Durham. Then I had to drive to Fort Mill Friday night. Then I drove back to Durham Friday night. Thank God I had my son-in-law with me to drive because I couldn't hold my eyes on Then I had to drive back. I mean, so I got thinking thinking about the interstate travel a whole lot. If you get on 85 between here and Raleigh, 85 changes a lot. There's different scenery, and there's some places on 85 that's really nice, and there's some places on 85 that's not nice. It's like, wish oh, it's, it's almost treacherous feeling, you because know, it's, you know, it's not been uh, remodeled or updated to present traffic conditions. But imagine your mind where you're going down the road in life, and, and the interstate's sort of your church. You know, your church life, and, and we're heading in this direction, and then all of a sudden it says, highway ends in front of you okay, highway ends, and there's an exit sign, and one mile, there's an exit, and then it ends, and you better get off that exit, because if you don't, you're just in trouble. And that's really how how the Lord really revealed to me what He wanted to do with our church, is we had been going down a a certain direction, in a certain, uh, you know, style, a certain expression of church, but that was coming to an end, and it was time to get off the exit, and it, and it was such an extreme change that we, uh, you made a little thing it says, I wish we still had it, it said, uh, Calvary Community Church, that was the name of the church at the time, ends, it's over. Calvary Community Church, you exit off from, to River Life. Some of y'all remember that. That was such a cool way to, to express that. I, I think we've lost that. But that was really, you know, what the Lord was doing, and that was in 2003, okay. Two thousand and three. And that was sort of a painful process, you know, for some people. It was it was difficult. The name changing part was difficult for people. It's it's hard when things change sometimes for people. Okay, for all of us really. It can be difficult, but change must happen. Okay? Change must happen. And you see what happened when God began to speak to me, He was calling forth for change. Okay? He was calling forth for change in my heart, in my life. And he was calling forth for change in this church. And uh, a few... Uh, I, don't, I can't remember exactly. I'm not like certain people like Bing that can tell you the day that, you know, the first time he ever had a Coca-Cola. What time it was, what day. I mean, I can't... You know, I don't even know the... I can't even remember the day I was saved, actually. I was so messed up in my life, it was like... I know about when I was, you know, it was in July, I think, in the 70s. I just remember that part of it, but, you know. So, but sometime during the fall of 2003, I was riding in the car with somebody on a trip, and I had this encounter with the Lord, okay? A real, it was just all of a sudden, I, I, I was just in another place all of a sudden. I mean, I wasn't planning on being in place. In fact, we were going to play golf, okay, a couple hours away. So I was thinking golf in my mind, you know, but God had something else he wanted to say to me. And he gave me, he showed me his heart. He showed me the Father's heart. I saw the Father's heart. And it had a major impact on me. He let me touch his heart. Okay? Now I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was a vision or what it was. It was. It was. But it was real because to this day I'm impacted by that. Okay. In fact, that was a whole. It was a sequence of things that God was doing. Okay. Uh, because right here it says, you know, there has to be a. This is what. This is one of the things that I get out of the Scripture. If you are going to go in a different direction in your life, if there is going to be a new expression in your life, if there's going to be a, a new you and, and, and you're going to, your world is going to be remade, there has to be a new revelation of God in your life. There has to be a fresh revelation of the Lord. Okay? A, a, a fresh, real revelation of the Lord. And, and, and one thing about the Godhead, they're not jealous of each other you know Jesus in this situation was given was saying to the disciples do you have a does anybody know who I really am being Christ and Peter was the one who the father revealed Christ to okay well well, the father can reveal uh, himself to you and Jesus is not sitting there our jealous no 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 you can't do that father because this is the way it works here he's showing us a principle here or the Holy Spirit. Because see, once you see one, you see all of them. They're all together. They come as a package deal. If you get a fresh revelation of the Lord Jesus, you're going to get a fresh revelation of the Father. At some point in time, you're going to get a fresh revelation of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Really important. You know, because I've, people sort of come out, you put too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't put too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. Because guess what the Holy Spirit is always going to do? He's always going to lead us back to the Father. He's always going to lead us back to Christ. If we just focus on Christ Himself, he's, at some point He's going to say, hey, listen, I want to introduce you to the Father. Hey, and you know about the, the comforter, don't you? You know? So, so, there's, there have, so here's the thing I want you to hear this morning. If you and I are going to come into new places in our life, into a new life, into a new expression, there has to be a real new revelation of the Father, or the Son, or the, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, and however he wants to do it. Okay, so that was really the beginning for me of a, of a revelation of the Father's heart, like I had never experienced in my entire life. Okay, that's two thousand and three. That was really the beginning of 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 the expression that we call River Life. Was the Father's heart? It was the, it was knowing the Father, seeing the Father like we've never seen Him before. Okay, everybody with me. Uh, and then, but. And then in 2006, that's when really the Holy Spirit River got revealed to us. Okay, in 2006, and the Holy Spirit River brought a whole another level of revelation. Now, I tell you, you know, one thing about the Holy Spirit River that it does for people—it does a lot of things for people. One thing I saw it do for a lot of people is is healing. A lot of people. Uh, I'm particularly talking about inner healing. Because I, I know some people don't believe in inner healing, but they just don't even believe the Bible when they say that. Because it is in the Bible. You know that Bible verse, somebody poured it on me recently. Uh, how about that scripture where it says, Behold, I make all things new, uh, You're a new creation. You know what that really literally means? All things are becoming new. It doesn't say you're instantly new. You have everything that God will ever give you right now. He has given you it all, but you have not laid hold of it all. It has to work its way into your life. And it really, you know, that's why some people can get saved and never change the inch. They never allow. Anyways, we could get on that all day. Uh, so, um, here's the key. You cannot know. Am I making sense this morning? You cannot know what is in your heart without knowing the Father's heart. It is impossible for you and I to know ourselves apart from God. It is impossible. You cannot know yourself without, knowing, without God's first... Because God is the only person there is who can tell you who you really are. And most of us have spent our... And I know I've talked about this before, but most of us have spent our lives with somebody else telling us who we are. I mean, the church has been world famous for telling people who they are. You can have a spouse that tells you who you can have teachers. You can have all these things that people are telling you who you are. But ultimately, you cannot, you've cannot. you got to get it from God if you're going to really find out. And see, that's what really happened to me that day when the Lord said, what's in your heart, Byron? And then he revealed the Father's heart to me. That was the real first step for me to find out, finding out who my, my, my true identity is. Because the Father was the only one who could say, Byron, this is who you really are. Don't worry about who about them other people say they are. And don't even worry about what the other people are doing. Who cares what those other pastors say, say? Who cares what they're doing? That's their business. Your business is, and you can see this in Peter's life, at the end of John, uh, the Gospel of John, how uh, he began to say to Peter, see, so he began it right there, you're Peter. Did you catch that? Who do you say that I am? You're Christ. The Father revealed that to you, and you're Peter. Do you understand what I'm you, Did you catch that little thing? Jesus, Peter had a revelation from the Father who Christ was, and guess what the first thing that happened to him? And guess who you are? And guess what I've called you to do? And guess what I'm going to give you? See, all that's tied together. We're never going to lay hold of those keys to the kingdom. We're never going to lay hold of our true selves until we say, I see who He is. The Father's showing me who He is. And when He says, Oh, yeah, you've got that. Now here's who you are. Here's who you really are. Here's who I created you to be. Here's how I designed you. You've been trying to live your life like a Buick. And you're not a Buick. You're a Lamborghini. Act like a Lamborghini. You know, Buicks have been known to. I don't know why Tiger Woods likes Buicks. They pay him a lot of money, but I don't think he drives a He may have a few Buicks in the yard. I guarantee you, when that boy drives the car he wants, it ain't no Buick. Anyways, I was just thinking about Buicks are sort of like your daddy's car, right? How many people are driving Buicks in here? Raise your hand. Well, there's mom over there. See, she, she should be driving a Buick. She, the Buick fits her. <laughs> I'll tell you, one day the Lord showed me one time. He said, Byron, here's, what, here's the way it looks for you. You've got this nice Honda Accord, okay? But you're treating it like, I mean, I was hauling firewood in it. I was, uh, my neighbor gave me some firewood. just drove my car, I opened the trunk. I put a thing in the seat, and I'm going to put some firewood in there. You can't do that to a Honda Accord. It is not built to haul firewood. Do that. Find somebody who's got a pickup truck. And some of us are created to be Honda Accords. Some of us are created to be Buick. Some of us are created to be pickup trucks. But only the manufacturer can really tell us. And we've we've lived our life. I wanted to read. I've mentioned this to you many times in this church. But I'm gonna read it to you this morning. Uh, Genesis 35:18. Uh, this is uh, just telling the story. Uh, this is one verse of Rachel. Uh, Jacob's wife. This is this is powerful. Okay, she was dying, having a baby, having her last baby, the baby of the family, Benjamin. And she was dying. It says this. <laughs> it came about as her soul was departing, <laughs> for she died. That's what happens to you when you die, your, your soul leaves. That she named him Ben Omi. How do you say that? Ben Okay, so she named him something why did she name him that you know what that name means son of Sarah. now think about the hebrew mind your name was your identity in the hebrew mind that was your life you became what you were named you lived out what you were named because the hebrew understood this what i'm talking to you about this morning they understood that god gives identity and 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 your name meant who you are and meant the way you would live and so she in a sense was cursing this child because she was giving him a name that meant son of sorrow, and he would live his life, or son of pain, being a son of pain or sorrow. But his daddy, Jacob, knew better. He wouldn't go for it, even though she was dying and that was her last thing she wanted to do was naming that. But his father called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. See, he get and see that's a lot of times what we do. We're like Rachel a lot of times in our messed up life. We're seeing other people through our messed up eyes and our sorrow, our pain, and we dump it on them. You see what I'm saying? Okay? But we need, we need Jacob, the father, to come and say, no, this is who that person really is. We need to be able to see into people and see, oh, Peter, you're just a jackleg. Is It's really what you are. You're always messing up and doing stupid stuff and you're going to do a few more stupid things, but really, I'm giving you the keys because you know who I am. and I'm going to really tell you who you really are. And when we get to the beach after I'm resurrected, we're going to talk more about this. And we're going to, you're going to see more about who you really are. Are y'all following that? So, um, that's what we've got to get. I want you to get that. To this one. I want everybody in this room to get that. Who does a father say you are? But you can't, the way you're going to get that is by the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit or maybe all three revealing themselves to you afresh. And so when the Lord Back to the question, when he asked me the question, he wasn't really, it wasn't, the church wasn't the first thing. That wasn't on the top of his priority list in my life. I was on the top of his priority list. Me, who I was, I wasn't living from the true self. I was trying to do something else that no longer fit me, that no longer was me, that didn't work anymore. That's what he was trying to get to. You know, all the other stuff is important, but first, God's concerned about me and you before he's concerned about anything. I mean, he didn't say he died for the church. He died for you. Okay? But here I am. What the, the, the thing we need to get is, well, here's the thing we get. It was a heart thing. Okay? God dealing with the heart of us, the heart of me, which meant I was going to mess with your heart. You know? Because somebody, okay, somebody has to hear God in a church. Somebody has to, to do this. and Everybody can't. You can't have, just everybody in this room, we can't, have, everybody in this room can't do that. I mean, it would just create confusion. There has to be a voice from heaven that God gives. And that doesn't mean that's the only voice, but it, it, there has to be a voice that says, this is, this is it. And I'm going to tell you this, this is what God's saying to me right now, okay? This is what he's doing. Recently, God began to mess with me again about my heart. He started messing with, my, started messing with Becky about our hearts. About, about the condition of our hearts and what's in our hearts. Okay? And I'm thinking, oh, I've already I've already been down this road. I think I've already done this before. Okay? I know a little bit now. I know, I got some wisdom about this deal. You know? And this is what I'm saying to you. God is saying to us, where you've been is coming to an end. Where you've been is coming to an end. And you better... Wake up and let, let's get on, you know. Now, I don't think, I praise, I happen to like the name of our church, River Life. You know, he's going to have to speak a little strong word on me on that one. I don't think it's that kind of change. But I do think we're going to see some different scenery. Okay? I do think what's in front of us is going to be different than what we've seen. Are you following me? Okay? Because what I'm starting to see in my heart now is looking different than what I've seen in the last six years. Okay, I'm seeing God saying, I, "There's another. Uh, You're on uh, Interstate River Life, and, inter- and but it's going to change." Like I said, I was getting when I was riding down Interstate 85 this week, and I had a chance to really study it. You know. You know, yeah, I get bored riding in the car, so I like to study what's happening around, the scenery behind the road itself. And, and I saw different places in that road that were completely different. And there was different scenery. And there was different traffic. And there was different things happening. And so we're coming into another place that's different. I personally think it's going to be a lot better. Okay? I think it's going to be a lot better than where we've been Where we've been is key for where we're going. Okay, because we can't go there. In other words, I can't go to Charlotte if I'm going to go on 77 unless I get off at exit one of these exits and drive on that part of the road. You know, you've got to drive on that part of the road that God's called you to drive on, but you've got to have a heart to see something different in your life. Are y'all following this? So we've got to get a fresh, you know, God wants to give us a fresh revelation of our church. And a fresh revelation of the expression of our church, a fresh revelation of what he wants to do, but he's not going to do that apart from a fresh revelation of himself. Okay? God wants to reveal himself to us first and foremost. He wants to see us, he wants us to see him in a greater way. And know him in a greater way. But before he begins to tell you all this stuff. In fact, I promise you, he won't tell you all this stuff until he, you begin to see him in a new way. Okay? Are, are y'all all right? Um, I, this this uh, Matthew, I'm going to read this to you. This, this is some scriptures. I just want to read them. Uh, it says, When Jesus entered Jerusalem, Matthew 21, t- t- 10, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? All the city, city was stirred, saying, Who is this? See, that's the question. Who is this? And see, God wants to stir our hearts about who He is. He wants to stir our hearts about who He is. So I want to be careful that I don't want to get you thinking about, oh, well, this is the way the church, what we're going to do, you know, all that. Forget it. I couldn't tell you. I don't know yet. It hasn't become clear. But my heart is stirred about who He is. And I believe when we begin to get stirred about the Lord Himself and about the loveliness of the Lord and about the beauty of Christ and about the greatness of the Holy Spirit, and about the wonders of the Father, whatever aspect that He wants to share, To then things in our life begin to change because then it begins to give you more and more a, a true identity. It's just not a one-shot one deal, I don't think, in our lives. You know? It's just not a one-shot deal. We go through seasons. We go through cycles of life. You know, you get married, you have little children, the babies in the house, and they grow up and become teenagers. Those are different seasons. And then they grow up and they go away. Then you're blown again. It's another season. and the natural, it happens all the time. It happens spiritually. There's no difference, really. But every season, I know in the natural, every season that we've gone through in our marriage, we've had to make adjustments to what God was doing in the new season. We've had to become, we couldn't stay. We're not the same People that we were, we don't have the same marriage, we don't have the same atmosphere in our home that we had when our children were at home. It's a different world in our house now. I sort of like it. (laughs) I love my kids to come over, but when they go, it's like, oh yeah, it's peaceful in here. I like that. It was hard at first, because we had kids in our house all the time. I I can remember sitting in my house in the dark at 6 o'clock in the morning one time, and I hear somebody unlocking the door. And I'm looking... Well, all my kids are here because I see all their shoes, and then just one of Philip's friends just come walking walk in the door. <laughs> Opens the refrigerator. It was like another home to him, and we and it, we loved those kids. We loved being around them. We loved all that. But the time came when that was over with. The time came when those kids were gone, because they weren't coming to see me. Honestly, I was sort of in sort of, Hey, y'all won't come see me no more. Now you weren't the person. It was Philip. Philip was our friend. You just happened to be, in, you know, in part of the deal. So we change in our... our, our, What we do has changed. The way we eat has changed. All that changes. And for us to go through life as a church and think that we're going to do the same thing forever is insanity. It's insanity. So we have to say, Lord, the Lord wants us... Here, you're speaking to us again. You're messing with our hearts again. I I want God to mess with your hearts again. If I'm going to have anything to do with it, I'm going to help Him mess with your hearts. I'm going to say, Lord, mess with their hearts. Begin to speak to them about, about their hearts. Begin to cleanse their heart further. Begin to heal their hearts further so people can begin to see more and see who, what you're saying to them. See you. Because if when we see you, then we think, oh, yeah, that's who I am. I forgot. I forgot I was... I, I forgot about all... I forgot that you were going to use me that way. I forgot. See, we forget things. Are you all okay? All right, let me just do this real quick. These other verses. I'm out of time. I then went on and you know. on. Uh, it says, you know, people said uh, I wanted to say this. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? One was John the Baptist, which he represents a forerunner ministry. That's a great ministry, right? One was Elijah, who's a power ministry, right? Everybody wants power. Who doesn't? Tell me who doesn't want power? We would not. And then here, nobody wants old Jeremiah the weeping prophet, right? Uh, forget Jeremiah. He's weeping. This bad. They're bearing him and, and throwing him in, uh wells and it was a bad day uh, and then to pull them out by... And then the other prophets which uh, represents gifted people. See, we can't... I mean, all of that is wonderful. The revelation of all of that. The revelation of power. The revelation of healing. The revelation of, of all those things is really needed, but those things are not how you go. That's, that's not how you go forward. Those are things that come along as you go for it. You get a healing ministry because you're seeing the Father and you see His heart and you see His broken heart over sick people and hurting people. You don't get it just because you want it and think it's a cool thing to have. You get a forerunner spirit because you see that the Father wants to do something. He wants to do something new. He wants to do something fresh and He's looking for somebody to herald it for Him. That's how you get all that stuff. You don't get it because you just want it. I mean, that's re- it doesn't work that way. Trust me. I've done tried that. That's why He says, but who do you say that I am? Everybody else is saying this, but who do you say I am? It's a personal thing, personal revelation. Well, people finally got the revelation about river life, becoming river life. I mean, some of them fussed at me about it, chewed me out, you know, I don't know. I like the old name. Yeah, I like it. But that's, then once we, then we get the keys of the kingdom. Then we get to the place where we can begin to really exercise true spiritual authority, find it and lose it. What's bound on, on, in heaven, you can bind on earth. What's loosed in heaven, you can loosen earth. And you begin to connect with the heavenly realm and see where you have authority, see where you have power to do things. And God wants to take us up in that area. Okay, but that's not step one. That's sort of like going a few steps down the road. Whatever we have now, God has a lot more, but we're not going to get there step one. Step one is a fresh revelation of the Lord. Okay? And then the other thing I wanted to read, are y'all all right? Uh, Matthew 16:20 20 through 21, the same talk, you know, once the, that all started happening, this is what God's real, I know God's interested in this. Okay? And I know it messes with people a lot. But God wants to reveal the future to us. God is very interested in the future. Read the Bible. Read the Gospels. Jesus talked about the future all the time in the Gospels. He really did. Paul talked about it. Everybody talked about the future. Everybody lived from the future in the Bible. We don't. We're going to learn how to live in the future because this is what he did. Once Jesus went through that little program with them, with with Peter, he said, uh, Then he warned his disciples that they should not tell no one that he was Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, talking about the future. This is what I'm up to. I'm going to Jerusalem. And I'm going to suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. See, he was, this is the principle. Once you begin to get a fresh revelation of the Father, fresh revelation of yourself, get to the keys of the kingdom, get to moving in the direction, then God can start talking about things down the road that he's going to do because he's got somebody he can entrust that information to. And that's really one of the things that God's looking for. He is, we need to know some things right now like we never have. Have y'all noticed our nation and what our government's doing these days. I mean, we, I mean, you don't feel right. There's some things going on that don't feel right. And we need to know what our future is Okay, so we can deal with it properly. That's what he was trying to warn them. Hey, this is going to happen. You need to get it in your mind. You need to adjust yourself. And we're not going to get that stuff the way we've been. Now, I'm out of time. But I did want to do this. Okay? I want to say something to you about your heart. I want to mess with you this morning. We have learned or learning or really going after living from the heart. That's a whole big, you know, we talked about that. But one thing about living from the heart, it's treacherous. Honestly, it's treacherous. And when you live from your heart, it it can tend to wear you out at times. In fact, this is what happened uh, to the disciples. Remember in Mark 6, there was a, or maybe it was, it was Mark 6, I think, one of those where they, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. Remember that? And then the next thing they know, they're thrown in a boat in a storm. And, and Jesus was like, you know, walking on the water and, you know, all this stuff that happened. And he, and, but he said, you know, your heart, it's, the Bible says they didn't really understand because their hearts were hardened. Okay? Y'all remember that story? I'm not giving you the scripture, but it's in there, trust me. Because I've been thinking about that a lot. And you know what that word hardened means? I think me, I've talked about this before. It means calloused. You know where callouses come from? I, I, I got calluses. believe it or not. I do work with my hands. Actually, it's from lifting weights. <laughs> right, thank Somebody, should, I wish I'd have married somebody who could do something with their hands instead of just talk about it callousness. Our hearts get callous. He wasn't talking about a hard heart like we're hard and we've just gotten hard because of hard life. No, their hearts were hard because they have given out of their hearts and given out of their hearts and given out of their hearts. And they didn't even recognize the miracle that Jesus did it just sort of went right over their head. It just went And see, I see that happening to our church. I see a callousness that has come upon people's hearts in this church. Not a callousness from badness, but a callousness because you have given your everything from your heart, which is wonderful. You've given it all. You know, and we realize, you know, from the events that happened on June the 9th and following, that our hearts were well overworked. Okay, well overworked. And calluses have gotten on. See, I feel like the Lord tell me, Byron, you've got calluses on your heart. And I realized i got calluses on my heart, Lord, not from, from, from sin, but from living from my heart and giving from my heart and giving from my heart and giving from my heart. And see, so that's what happens to us. And then we start missing the Lord himself. We start missing everything. God wants to touch heart. Well, I said, He touched me. Can you sing that song? He touched me. I'm telling you something, God wants to touch people. This morning, he wants to touch your heart. Now, you may have heart. You may have sin on, you know, a, a guilty conscience. There's lots of different things, you know. And I think individually we have to deal with that. That's easy. Uh, the Bible says the blood of Jesus will cleanse our hearts from the evil conscience. The blood, apply the blood. We've already done that. Hopefully, you were sincere about it. You had to make a confession or repent. But, all right, let me say this. We need to ask the Lord to put oil on our hearts again. Because a lot of your hearts have gotten callous from giving from your heart. P- giving from your heart. You know, your emotions need to be healed. Your heart needs to be, the callous is removed so your heart can be soft again, so you can begin to receive from the Lord again, and so you can begin to get a fresh revelation of the Lord himself again, so God can begin to speak to you more about your identity and God can begin to speak more about your calling, more about your purpose, and more about the keys of the kingdom, the things He's going to let you do, and give you more authority, give you more power, give you more of everything, and then give you more insight and wisdom into the future. All that. It's all tied back. to you know, So here's the question. What's in your heart? Okay, what is in your heart? What's really in there? Do you know what's in there? When you get castles on there, I don't see anything. That was what was wrong with me when the Lord spoke to me. When I said, I don't know what's in there because my heart had layers of layers of callousness, of years, of not allowing him to come in there and apply the oil of healing. You know, what, however he I don't know how he does. I'm sort of interested in how he does that, honestly, but I don't have time to figure that out. And then there's broken hearts. There's people in here with broken hearts this morning. God wants to heal your broken heart. And there's disappointed people this morning. I mean, all that. So we want to let the Lord touch our hearts. Oh, he touched me. That's what the angel said. Here's what happened to me recently. Some, some, you know, Paul says it, calls it this a messenger of Satan. Satan was sent to buffet me. Somehow or another, something got against me. And uh, I just could not shake that thing. It was coming from the outside, it wasn't coming from the inside. Okay? And I knew it was spiritual. I just could not shake that thing. And so I said, Lord, please touch me. And when the Lord touched me, the next, that, I woke up the next morning and that thing was broke off of me. And I felt different. I felt free again. I felt life again. I didn't feel this thing pressing against me and hindering me and trying to shut me down. Because I'll tell you something, I can get in some bad thinking like that. Like, heck, you know, I need to do something... I need to do something completely different in my life. Everything I'm doing is a waste. i got to do something different. I start, you know, just start making stupid thoughts. You know? Because I'm not hearing the spirit. Just, I'm hearing another spirit talking to me, really. So, is going to do that? I, I know, this, this is kind of an old gospel song.
1: Okay. Try this cold turkey. <laughs> You know this singer. <laughs>